Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Norman, Internet Marketing Manager at BlackBot and your host for this nonprofit technology podcast. This is episode number eight, and we've decided to move to a panel format. So today with me, I have guests from around BlackBot. I've got Melanie Malonis, Public Relations Manager. Welcome. Hey, Chad. I also have Steve McLaughlin, Director of Internet Solutions. Hey, Chad. And Allison Van Deest, Product Marketing Manager for Internet Solutions as well. Hi, Chad. I thought your title was Web Guy. Yeah, you know, I like to, I typically say that, that I'm just the webby guy because, you know, titles are titles. You know, maybe I'll start doing that for now. Yeah, I've been envious of that. I wanted to. for food, not for people. I I like that. (laughs) That's nice. All right. Well, um, so I have a few topics for us today. We have a good group here of a lot of internet knowledge going around the table. So I wanted to kick off by starting with Black Button Net Community 5.5, which is coming out soon. Mm -hmm. Allison, Steve, you want to tell us a little bit about what's going on there? Yes. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've, um, we've got a new release of Net Community coming out version 5.5 been in the works for quite a while some features we've been working on for as long i think in some cases six months and Mm -hmm. others um, a shorter period of time and bundling them into um, our fun release cycle some cool and exciting stuff on the internationalization localization language options that's especially important not only in north america but for our customers in europe and asia pacific that i think people will be really excited about a lot of improvements and enhancements around content management and more specifically content approval, Mm -hmm. you know, versioning, all that sort of robust stuff that our enterprise customers have been hoping, wishing, praying, and otherwise for, which is great. Mm -hmm. And another really important part is uh, is some of the social networking functionality that we're rolling out um, to complement some of the social media strategies that our customers are engaging in. Yeah, can you get into any of those like feature sets? I mean, I've read a couple things about that. Friend circles. Yeah. So the funny thing about social networking is, about six months ago, six or seven months ago, we had convened our customer advisory board for Net Community, and we said, "There's some options on the table. Do we partner with with another vendor in the market? Do we build our own? Uh, do we do nothing? Right? Because that always could be a, a possible option." And the overwhelming response that we got from customers was. You know, we want BlackBot to build this within the Net Community platform. And there was a lot of reasons, everything from who knows who will still be in business tomorrow to, you know, integration back to the razor's edge and other parts of the platform being really important. So we embarked on I'm building out a set of social networking functionality uh, within the tool set. Yeah, one of the items was Facebook integrations. Any details there? What we put together was a set of core functionality, kind of the basic ingredients you would need to, to do social networking on the community level. So what that would be would be things like personal messaging. I want to send a message back to Allison or Chad or Melanie, and they want to send a message back to me, and all that stuff happens within the application to forming groups, either self-defined groups, self-forming groups, or, or predefined groups. So maybe the organization says, no, we're going to create five groups and you join five. Or, hey, we used to be volunteers together for Habitat for Humanity, so let's create our own group. And then um, I can block you, of course. Yeah, we built in all the anti-stalker functionality. <laughs> I want to block, unblock, friend, unfriend, join, leave, all that kind of fun stuff. And then there are a couple places where we've, I think, strategically put in some Facebook integration. Uh, one example I would use of the many where we're doing it is with photos. So Facebook is the largest photo sharing site on the web, so it made a lot of sense to hook into Facebook's API and give the ability for a user to download those photos into their net community website Mm because one of the big pain points would be if I've created all these great photo albums in Facebook who wants to go through and upload that stuff one at a time, right? It makes a lot more sense to be able to just pull that data through. And there are some good things and some bad things about the Facebook API, so we've sort of tried to leverage as much as possible the the good points and where it made sense to pull that data in um, and where to push data back out where, where it made sense as well. 
Aren't we, uh, as they say, drinking our own champagne now on the lab site? <laughs> yeah, that's another cool thing, too, with, with Five Five. So for those of you who've ever checked out the labs.blackball.com website, we relaunched that about two weeks ago, and now it's all built on top of um, the Net Community Five Five platform, sort of early release work that we're doing. Drinking our own champagne sounds a lot better than eating our own um, dog food, Beep. right? <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> So it's pretty cool. And there's also, it showcases the fact that we've had our open API initiative on both Net Community and for Razor's Edge customers who have Net Community, they can get the Razor's Edge API now. Another thing with Blackball Labs, too, is I know a lot of the developers have been just itching to get some sample code out there. Is that social bookmarking custom part new on 5.5? Yeah. So one of the things when we first released um, some some samples for the Net Community API, things like Hello World and push and pull data and what we got from from early customers was can you give us a couple of other things to go on so one example was we'd released a a free sample part for net community for social bookmarking and we actually saw some customers take that improve upon it do some other cool things as well and what we've got is we've got a whole set of additional custom parts that we'll be rolling out periodically with on the lab site to get people to think about doing things, whether it's a, um, a part SMS. that allows you to do um, breadcrumbs. Yeah, good point. With the mobile technology, we released a whole white paper and a set, set of code around using Net Community on a mobile phone or a mobile phone if you're in the <laughs> U.K., and um, so things like that is the trend of let's develop some cool stuff, release it into the ecosystem, let people pay, play around with it, and hopefully encourage people to share and, and collaborate as well. That It's not as much fun if we're the only ones talking. It's, it's really important for our customers to be giving feedback and sharing examples as much as possible. I know someone who's doing a great job with that is Garrett Keating over at uh, the U.S. Naval Academy. And his blog, customizebbnc.blogspot.com, he shares a lot of those examples, too. Yes, Garrett actually does have a blog. It's great. And I'm a big fan, particularly because he just started following me on Twitter. So yes. I'm going to return Ooh, yeah, the props. Yeah. Now, that's a perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about next, which is social networking noise. I mean, mm-hmm. we just talked about all these great features that we're throwing into BBNC and you're mentioning Twitter. I mean, we're all just, I know around the table, we're all um, social networking junkies. I've noticed like Beth Cantor's been blogging about, you know, live streaming services like FriendFeed, Google Friend Connect is happening, Read Write Web had a story today about making Facebook useful again. How do you guys keep up with all your social network? <laughs> or are you not? <laughs> are you suffering? Is it possible? Network? I mean, can anyone keep up? I think you just kind of skim the surface and look for things that are really going to capture your interest to bubble up. And I think that's sort of the whole premise of social networking, that there's tons and tons of information out there and you just stick your toe in and then your foot and your ankle as deep as you want to get on any particular subject. It is kind of hard to manage all of that and do the day job because it can be so fascinating sometimes. Well, are you finding any overlap between your social networks and your day jobs? Well, yeah. I mean, everybody wants to talk about everything that's going on, but then you actually have to stop talking for a little while and start doing work. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Melanie? You I mean, you're, you're doing on, PR. I'm blogging. Can you yeah. hang on a second? Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would be tweeting right now, but it's actually down prior to this meeting. So, I mean, are you finding use for it, you know, being in PR? I mean, it's kind of a good funnel out as well as in. Yeah, it's great just connecting with people on that level that you don't necessarily have the time to reach out and touch them in different ways. So I've made a lot of new uh, tweets or peeps. I don't know what you call them <laughs> on there. Wow. Okay. So I think what's what's funny is over the past couple of weeks and months, we found some interesting ways to actually use this stuff. I know at the last couple of conferences, whether it was N10 in New Orleans or AFP in San Diego or 
Team Approach User Forum in Boston or the other 9 million places I think I've been in the past two months is sort of blog the conference, what's taking place, and then tweet here and there. I know in the Montreal conference in Canada a couple weeks ago, there was, you know, during Sean Sullivan's session, there was at least four people all in the room all tweeting back and forth about what's going on. Don't be shy, your session too. Yeah, I I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) So... uh, I think that's sort of cool. It'll be interesting to see what happens at, with other conferences in the nonprofit space of that pe- becoming more popular because it's just a great way to spread the message of you know not everyone goes to the conferences, not a, you know everyone you know has busy schedules, and so I think it's it's helpful to to do that. Right? You might want to speculate on the evolution of all this. I mean, where is this all going? Are we are we just going to keep going from one network to the next to the next, or is something like Friend Connect going to come along and bring it all together? Or? I robots. Pers- it's all <laughs> the world's going to be controlled by robots. Yes. Isn't that the? I don't think anybody knows what it's all going to turn into. And anyone who said they knew, I wouldn't probably believe them. I think it's like any emerging technology. We, we're sort of dealing with the swarm of the fireflies at the moment, and you know, 24 hours from now, it could all be a lot different. You know, I think there's some folks out there who can take the contrarian view of this all a fad and doesn't matter and just stick to what you're you're doing. I don't think you have the luxury of either. I think you don't have to embrace all of it. I got in sort of a trouble for saying this at a conference when I said... Oh, juicy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I just made the comment about direct mail, which is, you know, direct mail isn't dying, but direct mail donors are dying. It, it is easy... If you read certain blogs or e-newsletters or zines, do we still have zines anymore? I, think, I don't, I think don't even people know. People do publish zines. E-zines. That, uh, yes. I think we have started to see a little bit of the natural backlash of people saying, on the one hand, well, where's the ROI, right? That the causes app for Facebook has millions of users, but they're not raising money. I think they're missing the point. It's not put your credit card number and that's mm-hmm. the the proof of concept. Um, about the ROI of kind of giving through social networking, I agree with you that I, I think that the emphasis right now should be placed on helping your constituents express who they are through tools that you enable them to have through social networking. And what I mean is not necessarily pushing people back to a donation page as much as giving them graphics and banners and we call them e-stickers for them to place in their little environments to show their affinity to you maybe not to even prompt an action but to make all their friends think gee isn't that cool that i respect and like this person and i'd sort of like to see more about what they're doing there and maybe they then have their own natural affinity yeah i think there's it's definitely that the affinity play i mean a lot of times when we talk about social networking it's sort of the degrees of relevancy to the organization and it's about engagement not getting married right (laughs) i think people too quickly cut to the chase of okay so how do i get the donation form in front of somebody and that's like walking up to someone and saying hey i know we just met but you know can we get married you wouldn't do that to a a regular (laughs) happens to me all the time well there you go. So, but I think that's the problem is if you're looking for this immediate, okay, so I have a friend or I have a group on Facebook or MySpace or FaceSpace or whatever it happens to be, and I'm just going to immediately, the, the money's just going to start rolling in. It's, it's, it's a different value proposition. I think it's so much more about acquisition and engagement. And then when I have to engage those people, do they do something with it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Chad, you told me this once that the the two most popular features on Facebook are join a group and leave a group, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, what does that say? You have a very scatterbrained personality, and and it's very easy to join something and leave something. What you still want to, at the end of the day, go back to is who are your devoted fans, your mm-hmm. volunteers, the people who really care about your organization and focusing on them, engaging that that 1% factor to, to really do something. And making it easy for them to turn around and do some of the heavy lifting for you, give them tools to kind of propagate the things that 
they want to accomplish on your behalf. Yeah, I think that's true. Everyone says, you know, well, how do we get started with this stuff? Because we don't know anything about Web 2.0. We're still figuring out Web 0.5. I'd be willing to bet there are people within your organization who do get it, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, how many of your volunteers blog or post photos on Flickr. You have people within your organization who are more than likely into this stuff and enjoy doing this stuff. You need to engage them and list them. It's a different kind of volunteer, I think, than it's what exactly what why I hang out with Chad. <laughs> well, that's a great way to look at it. It's a different kind of volunteer. All right, cool. Melanie wanted to talk about the first pan-European benchmarking survey to launch. Yes, across the pond, Blackboard Europe recently announced the opening of the second annual UK State of the nonprofit survey, and it focuses on an overview of information that helps nonprofits benchmark their operations more effectively. So we've never done this before? We have in the UK, but uh, this year we are going to be extending that survey to France, the Netherlands, Germany, and Switzerland, and in multiple languages for the first time. So it's going to be a lot more inclusive, and the results will be presented at the International Fundraising Congress in the Netherlands in October. What about the uh, North American and Pacific surveys launch? Yes, the fifth annual survey will launch mid-summer, and the results will be issued in the fall. And this year we're doing something a little different. We're going to be developing a book to take a closer look at past Sony survey results, yeah, nice. as well as our friends at Target Analytics uh, with their benchmarking results featuring actionable practices for addressing key issues. So it's just not data. It's what do you do with it? That's cool. I'm yeah, on actually, the hook for a chapter. Yeah, yeah right. I heard about the book today. I wasn't <laughs> sure if we were going to be able to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Are we nice writing try. a book? What are we doing? <laughs> well, quickly, I want to segue into a recorded interview that I have that I want to sneak into this panel. I know that's kind of odd, but um, while I was at the Canadian conference, I was able to sit down with Mark Pittman, the fundraising coach, to talk about his new book, Ask Without Fear. So I'm going to leave the panel now to check it out. Stay tuned. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. We're glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Um, I want to get right in and talk about your new book, Ask Without Fear, a simple guide to connecting donors with what matters to them most. The book provides an amazing tool set that nonprofits can use to energize their fundraising efforts. What are some of the concepts you discuss? I'm a Gen Xer, so the, the core of the book is Get Real. The four I used real as the acronym for the four aspects of fundraising, researching, engaging, asking, and then the last one's a little messy. It's live, like, or love. If you cool. if they say yes, you love them. If right. they say no, you still got to like them and live with their response. I like that. Um, and so you, my, the goal is to get it into the hands of uh, board members so that they can go out and not be intimidated but actually go out there and start fundraising for their favorite causes. Cool. What kinds of results can someone expect after reading your book, um, assuming they enthusiastically implement the ideas? <laughs> Fully funded causes. Right. <laughs> wonderful fundraising nirvana. The goal for that I had, uh, as I was just saying, was just that the board members, the, the results that the nonprofits could have is that they're, they had unleashed volunteer fundraisers for themselves. The book is the first time in my life I've ever made the margins small. Okay. It, you know, going through college, I always had big margins right. and try to pad the pad the papers. <laughs> this time I didn't want to do it because I didn't want the heft in the, in the hand to feel intimidating. And a lot of people have been able to read it in a day. Oh, that's nice. Uh, so, and then they're all excited and passing it around their offices and stuff. It's really great. A viral a book. early response. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Virtually viral. There you go. All right. One of the things I really liked was that you discussed the seven most common fundraising mistakes in the book. How about giving away a couple of them for free to our listeners? Well, it's really interesting because about.com just did a fabulous review on the book. So if you Google about.com and probably ask about fear, it would come up. And for her, where I thought the core of the book was the get real for her, it was the chapter on fundraising myths. Okay. So, and there are the seven there. So the, I think the ones um, here at the conference, I talked about a couple. One of them was uh, the field of dreams fiasco. Remember the movie? Field Absolutely. Of dreams? Okay. If you build it, they will come. Right. It's sort of 
the mantra throughout yeah. that. And I think for fundraisers, it's if you mail it, they will give. <laughs> right. It's sort of the way do we chicken out from actually doing face-to-face asks. Oh, well, we'll hide behind a piece of paper and we'll be good. And people just don't give that way. I right. Mean, if we put ourselves in the shoes of the donor, if we're receiving the, the plain giving piece of mailing or, or whatever, people do give by direct mail. I'm not, I'm not knocking direct mail. Sure. But – there's other ways to ask, and I'm a big proponent of face-to-face for, for major gift asking. Absolutely. That's great advice. I saw your photos on, on your blog of you and your kids opening the boxes of books when they oh, came in. Fun. Yeah, that, that must have been a great time. Um, how does it feel to be published on this scale? Unbelievable. Yeah. I didn't, I've been working on this book for four years and found the publisher last year. This publisher is does it for like Ken Blanchard, Mark Victor Hansen, and business books, right. uh, which is the audience I wrote the book for. I didn't write it for those of us who are professional fundraisers. I wrote it for the people that we'd buy the book for. And uh, so it was really interesting to find out from my local librarian that a 10,000 print run is huge. I didn't know that either. So I'm learning all about the, the yeah. whole world of publishing. But it was about the 20th autographed copy as I was sending out the pre-publication <laughs> purchases. I realized this is real. Yeah. This isn't something I printed out on a computer and stapled together. This is this is the real deal. This yeah. is fun. So that's I'm awesome. Having a lot of fun with yeah, it. Yeah, congratulations. Only a couple weeks old now, but I'm still having fun. It's not on Amazon yet. So right. hopefully by the time <laughs> people are listening to this, it will be on Amazon. Well, if it is, I'll make sure I'll provide a I link. Just so, yeah. numbers of times a day <laughs> Googling it there. Great. Um, well, in a couple of days, you'll be interviewing Jay Love, the founder yes. and CEO of eTapestry. And um, what impresses you about the eTapestry solution? Ever since I've been doing fundraising, well, uh, that's a little overstatement. I've been doing fundraising for over a decade, but I think it was to the end of the 90s or so, I just realized how confined uh, databases can be when they're re- resident on a server that needs a wire to communicate with a computer. So the tapestry solution just seemed like a really uh, a kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, let's have a web-based solution. Credit card companies do this. Don't, you know, everything will be safe. Um, and so I'm really excited that I get to start out my Ask Without Fear radio show interviewing Jay Love. It'll be my first... First ever, it's on Blog Talk Radio. Great. It'll be 11 o'clock on Tuesdays, and uh, I'm really excited that he said yes, and I can't wait to hear. He, he took something that ever, had always been done a certain way and made it so it was done in a whole new way, and I think that's going to be – I like talking with people like that. Okay, well, I look forward to hearing it. So what's on the horizon for the fundraising coach? Any speaking engagements or web projects you'd like our listeners to know about? Definitely. Uh, I'm going to be speaking at the American Marketing Association in, in July and then uh, the Main Library Association in October. And, um, I'm just, I'm thrilled. I love that. That part of what I get to do is seeing the lights go on and seeing people get really jazzed right. and excited about fundraising. As far as web projects, we've got, uh, askwithoutfear.com is continuing to have up- updated comments, uh, and updated content. And I'm also trying to experiment with Facebook. Okay. I've got a fundraising coach yeah, I saw page that. Yeah. and an Ask Without Fear page and trying to figure out, is it a page or a group? What do we do? But, right. um, Always trying to do different things. I know I'll see you out on Twitter. So. Oh, definitely. We tweet each other. Yeah, Twittering fun during, is fun right. during this conference too, which is great. Well, thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast today. I hope you'll come back soon if the opportunity arises. Oh, it'd be my pleasure. Okay, thanks, thanks Mark. Yeah. That's good stuff. Mark's a great guy. All right, that's all I have. Why don't we go around the table real quick for any last-minute plugs? Melanie, do you have anything? Well, on the philanthropy front, we just uh, formed a new team here dedicated to corporate initiatives. And uh, one of the first things that they successfully concluded was a campaign to raise frequent flyer miles for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And through the generosity of BlackBaud employees worldwide, we raised more than 1 million miles. Nice. And so by pooling these miles all together, we'll be able to fund free airline travel for about 30 kids uh, through the Make-A-Wish program. So we're really excited about that. Wow, that's cool. (laughs) All right. Allison, what do you have? 
Oh, my gosh, there's so much going on. Um, by the time this airs, I think that the Internet Symposium in New York City will have just ended. It was great. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely encourage everyone listening to go to blackbot.com slash Internet Symposium, and you can check out the presentations and recordings from our speakers. And very soon we will have information posted about our next event, so that's pretty exciting. Sounds thrilling. Awesome. And Steve? Getting into the summer months, uh, a couple more conferences coming up. We've got some events on the East Coast. and Yep, AMA, Steve speaking, doing a pre-show workshop. Yeah, we're doing a multi-channel marketing communication workshop mm -hmm. at the AMA uh, conference in D.C. Um, and then we actually have to do our day jobs around here. So we've got uh, a release of Net Community coming out, and we'll have another release of Net Community before the end of this year that we'll be busy at work in. So lots of exciting stuff. And I'll be uh, checking my Google Alerts, RSS feeds, Twitter, and, um, yeah, trying to work. Too. I was going to say, that's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> Blogging, tweeting, podcasting, you name it. So, anyway, that's uh, all I have for this episode of the podcast. I'd like to thank our guests, Steve McLaughlin, Allison Van Deest, and Melanie Malonis. If any of you listeners have any feedback, please send us an email at thebodcast at blackbot.com. I plan on recording every couple weeks. I bet you three didn't know that. So um, expect more episodes soon. Until then, I'm Chad Norman, and thanks for listening to The Podcast.